So we were watching, obviously, Wisconsin hockey, bow out to Bemidji State. But I saw this and I thought of you. I woke up this morning and I saw this article, the longest hockey game in NCAA tournament history sends Minnesota Duluth to the Frozen Four after five overtimes. Did yeah. you see? Did you see? I was any watching of that? it and I fell asleep. Um, How long? Did not make it to the end. Yeah, this game. The long. It was on. Let's see here. It's six thirty, and then it didn't. Let's see. It took six hours to complete this hockey game. Six hours. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Third. So, at what overtime did people say maybe we should go to a shootout? <laughs> Never. Never. They're hockey players. They don't think like that. Six hours, five overtimes it kept. It's like the Energizer Bunny. It kept going and going and going and going. And you you were watching it then, huh? Yeah, fell asleep, though. Like, I didn't have that much of a rooting interest. So I saw one of the refs. Off. Afterwards, the ref said, thank God it ended. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's go back to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Morning, gentlemen. Hey, how are you today? Bobby. I'm doing well, man. How are you? Living the dream, baby. Yeah, Living you and Nelly. Yeah. So here was my thought yeah. after Friday's debacle. Which hurt more? This was kind of my thought. The Badger basketball season or the Badger hockey season? Ooh. Which team underperformed more? The Badger basketball team. Man, that's a good question, but Bobby. I like the I like the question because it's the slow burn in Wisconsin basketball. But it was just the the real quick. Oof, yeah, well, for Wisconsin Bobby, hockey. to your point, yeah, to your point, Nelly's point, it was the long season of like pulling, getting your teeth and hair pulled out from Wisconsin basketball, and then Wisconsin hockey had the highest of highs. You know, coming back to win the Big Ten, then they got to the title game in the tournament, and then lost right away in the first round. Man, that's a good question. I don't know, Bob. I got to think about that. Should we do a Twitter poll? That's what I was going to say. Let's see what the, the people say. I felt like the nut kick, if you were going to say intensity, the nut kick from the hockey team seemed more intense. Yes. Like that was an eight sock to the nuts where the basketball team was kind of a five because you really you know, saw it coming and you were able to clinch your stomach and prepare for the, you ever get the like, agony. You ever get like flicked in the goodies? Like You ever, you ever had an a-hole friend that always thought it was funny to like flick your boys? Like, you know, just you're just standing there minding your own business and he just nut taps you? Oh, yeah. I, and then, backhand slap to yeah. the balls. Yeah. It's like, why would you do that? Uh-huh. I feel like that was like, you know, Wisconsin basketball came and they kind of nut slapped you a little bit. And then it's that long, like, painful in the stomach burn. Like that. And then the Badger hockey was someone just came out and, and reared back and kicked you as hard as they could. That was, it was brutal. It, it felt brutal. And it just, the nut kick continued, man. I think ever since you've made that up, like, God has looked down and said, hey, this is kind of a cool thing. Let's just roll with well, it. Well, I didn't – it always existed, Bobby. That's the thing. I just put a name on it, you know? Ugh. Hey, was, let me ask you, Bobby. Do you, were you a little – did you raise an eyebrow when you saw that Nate Reavers was uh, not done playing collegiate basketball and he's transferring? Okay, now, speaking of things, does that not bring up Hornybrook, like, dilute, like didn't Hornybrook transfer to Florida? Florida or do I got State. the wrong guy? No, you're, yeah, Hornybrook went to Florida State. Yeah, and then what I was waiting for you to say in the next update was after he transferred, he was going to get ready for his pro day. <laughs> he was going to cut the season in half and get ready for his pro day. Uh, do they have I pro mean, days for European basketball? I don't know, but seriously, when I heard that, I just had a kind of chuckle. I feel bad for the guy because he did, he did what he could, 
with the talent he had. Well, it's so confusing, right? I mean, you, you had such the great – his freshman and sophomore year looked like he would be really good and, you know, his, uh, his junior – or, I'm sorry, his junior year, then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I can see it happening. I can see that next step. And then his senior year, just that step was actually backwards, you know? It was it was a train wreck, that's for sure. And maybe it just needs, you know, kind of like the the Packers did. Maybe it just needs a new new destination and a new scenery. Yeah. Like the Packers needed a new coach. <laughs> hey, Bob, how was your weekend, man? Did you do anything cool? Did you get out of Dane County? As always, I was way out of Dane County. But, uh, My man. Did I go up to Colby, Wisconsin, I think it was? Oh. Always spent some time behind the Wausau? windshield again. Yeah, you went yep. by Wausau? Yep. Bobby, you got to come with me down to Dodgeville one of these days. I went and did karaoke on Friday night at Pleasant Ridge. I I brought the house down, dude. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Because if I started singing, I would vacate the house. Well, see, here's the thing: I'd warn people ahead of time, and I said they could tip me to stop. So no one, and I'm not good at singing, Bob. No one tipped me, so I figured they loved it. Neil Diamond, I sing I sing Neil Diamond at a premium, dude. I, I, amen, brother. I'm 100% behind you. I love it. <laughs> and hey, Bob, before I let you go, you stoked for opening day? Thursday. Um, Yeah, I am. Because, I mean, what else is there to be stoked for? I mean, we got nothing. You didn't You didn't sound too excited. I'm going to be completely honest, Bob. You're like, yeah, I am. Just not the hugest baseball guy. Oh, oh there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that, Bobby. There's nothing wrong with that. So you're but stoked yeah, for the I draft. Mean, you're stoked for the draft, then? Yes. Yes, I'm. I'm already into football mode, and I'm already, you know, I just paid for my tickets. Oh, um, for a UW? For fo- yep, for my UW football tickets. Hell yeah! What'd you do last and year? Speaking of that, RJ's sitting in there, right? Yeah, he's right here. Good morning, sir. By the way. Good morning. Hey, um, <laughs> are they going? Are they going to full season? Is it going to be full house, full season? That's the. Yeah. That's their hopes. Yeah, I think each well, each college can dictate how many people are in the stadium and. Didn't they say they're going 100. percent Yeah, it sounds like the plan right now is 100. percent Oh, that would be amazing to be back. Yeah, Bob, we'll have to. Uh, you got to come down and party with us uh, where we are before the game, though. Okay. Oh, absolutely. I'll buy absolutely. you. I'll buy you I'll a beer. Down. Dude, I'm on that not drinking thing. I'm almost at a year. Huh? Wow. C- congrats. C- really? Congrats, Bobby. Well done. I've lost like 15 pounds almost. Do well, it. I'll buy you a friggin', I'll get you water we'll get or you water. Yeah, I'll get you water. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I, could be your, I could be your designated driver. It sounds like a few of you guys might need it. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, I'll sign you up, Bob. I'll put you in retainer. There you go. <laughs> All right, I just wanted to see what you guys thought about the uh, football. Yeah, I'll, put, I'll, put out. I'll put a Twitter pull out. But if that one hurt, I'll that put one a Twitter Friday pull afternoon hurt. I'll do that for you, Bobby. All right, later, brother. I'll see you, brother. I'm working on the verbiage of the Twitter poll right here, inspired by our guy Bobby, who just called in. Simple Wisconsin fans, which hurt more? The slow burn of the Badgers basketball season? But then how would I word it? Or the quick exit or the quick the quick end to Wisconsin hockey season. There you go. The that quick works. end. The quick the the quick end of Wisconsin. I will hockey. say this. No one seeds made the frozen four this year. Okay, so that's that I guess that goes to our to lessen the blow, I would say, yeah. maybe. I think I saw the stat where it was after Wisconsin had lost to Bemidji that at least one four had beaten a one in like the past however many years it was. Like it was. 12, 15 years. You're like, wow, that's a heck of a stat. <laughs> mm. Glad to be a part of it. Not. Nah. But I mean, though, okay, so <laughs> you, uh, 
This is a really good conversation brought on by Bobby. Wisconsin basketball, obviously winning the Big Ten last year, then March Madness is canceled. You come storming back, you get a share of the Big Ten, and you got the entire team returning outside of a guy named Brevin Pritzel, right? And then you start the season ranked six in the country, and then like it is the slow burn. Like it's the slow burn, and eventually you got you don't even finish top four in the Big Ten, and then you do though at the end there have that win against North Carolina, which was fun, but then you lose to Baylor, which was the one seed who was a phenomenal team. Like you have obviously the slow disappointing burn. Wisconsin hockey though, they have done something they haven't done in in in, in seven years. I mean. They won for the first time the Big Ten, and then it's seven years since they've been in the NCAA tournament. So they win the Big Ten, mm-hmm. and then you get to the Big Ten, or the, and sorry, Rowdy, the NCAA tournament, but then you lose right away. But you've done something, that they, they did something they haven't done in, ever in winning the Big Ten, and then seven years you know, of not being in the NCAA tournament. What are you going to say, Rowdy? For me, it's basketball. Because basketball was just, it was like the thorn in your side that you had to watch two times a week. And then you had to talk <laughs> about it all week. Sometimes only once. <laughs> it it was just so frustrating pretty much since we turned the calendar to 2021. Now, they looked pre- decent. I mean, I know they had hiccups against, uh, was it Marquette early in the season? Yep. But overall in the non-conference, they looked pretty good. In the early Big Ten stages against Michigan State and was the other one, I'm forgetting who the other team was they played early, but they looked good. And then all of a sudden it was January of 2021. And it was like the uh, f- switch was flipped. Okay, yeah, it was just a different like team. They became they, disinterested and didn't. Feel and they like weren't confident. Anymore. They weren't hitting shots. All of a sudden, they became super soft down low, and it was just so frustrating for the next three months to watch. Where Badger hockey, it seemed like I know they're not always televised, but every time you checked in on them, they were winning. They were winning, yeah. and. You saw a lot of the the big hockey fans, you know, really starting to talk about this team heading into the March tournament. But I mean, we had our we had our golf simulator outing at Madison Indoor Golf Center on Saturday where we had some big hockey fans mm-hmm. and they met each other for the first time because they always talk on Twitch. Yeah. And <laughs> those are guys that are following it all the time that are diehard Wisconsin hockey guys and they got to kind of talk about it and this was literally 24 hours after a loss. They're like, but at least I've moved on. I've moved on. <laughs> that, if those guys have moved on in 24 hours. Hockey well, players okay. and hockey fans have short memories. I mean, you have to in all sports. Unless, Real quick, though, because Burnsy, who just logged on the Twitch here. Burnsy, I know I met him at um, at uh, when we had it at um, the Country Country Club at Coachman's in Edgerton. I met Burnsy. And then, and shame on me, and I apologize, Burnsy. I memory escaped me of what, what exactly I couldn't put a face to the name right so you, the Stoughton boys or is the Edgerton they come walking in and I asked the Nelly I'm like which one's Burnsy and there's two guys wearing gray hats and I'm like is it that guy in the gray hat and I really thought I was talking about someone else <laughs> so then I was gonna go say hi to Burnsy it was the wrong guy and then there's the other oh. then it was actually Burnsy like no it's me you idiot so then I'm like all right my bad have you gotten over the Badgers loss was the first thing I said to him in hockey and he immediately looked dejected and sad he's like why do you got to bring that up man well, then to Rowdy's point, you talked it out, and he just here on Twitch, yeah. it says, it feels like we just wasted the best player in college hockey this year in Cole Caulfield, who has now signed a, a three-year entry-level deal to Montreal Canadiens. Now, will, we knew that was going to happen. I will say this. The last time a Badger was hands down the best hockey player in America and signed a pro contract before the Hobie Baker was announced, 
got screwed out of the Hobie Baker. So hopefully that doesn't happen this year. Yeah, hopefully. Well, he's got to he's he's a he's got to win it. He's the shoe in, right? Everybody thought that about Steve Reinprecht too. The guy led the nation in in uh, points. Oh man, led the nation in oh, goals, I believe. Come on, RJ. And I mean, it was pretty much the same kind of scenario. Uh, where the Badgers bounced early in uh, the NCAA tournament. Yeah. He signed his pro contract. And two weeks later, or a week later, a defenseman who had half as many points as Ryan Preg did won the Hobie Baker. All right, so hopefully the nut kick continuum doesn't rear his ugly head in that way. But I don't, I think I got to vote. I don't think I know. I think I'm. I think I'm going basketball on this one because I was so stoked. Rowdy, what did I say coming into the season started? What did I say? Elite eight. You said final four. Final four. Man, boy, was I wrong. <laughs> I mean, this year, Wisconsin. I mean, you would hockey, in, in hockey. But you, hockey, you have the best player in the nation. You, you just won the Big last Ten last year yeah, in the Big Ten. There wasn't the same expectations in hockey. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm picking basketball because. I was I just voted basketball. pleasantly surprised with what I saw out of the hockey team this year. And, yeah, it could be because you had probably the best player in college hockey on your team. And, you know, it certainly helps when he's got, what, 80-some-odd points in yeah. 60 games or whatever <laughs> it was. Crazy, something crazy. Um, but you watching this hockey team, we we saw a little lull, and not like it dip, would have made any difference had that not happened on yeah. on Friday. But you went to yet yeah, there was a little lull in the middle of the season because of COVID, mm-hmm. and yet you played through it. A lot of other teams canceled games and didn't play them, yeah. and didn't want to risk their record. Uh, Wisconsin. Uh, whether they didn't meet the numbers to have games canceled or whatnot, they played games without five forwards. <laughs> You're right, they did, and they, did. they still came out of that five and five. Yeah, that, I mean, Wisconsin season was immensely successful. It yes. just, it just, it just was a quick burn at the yeah, end. There, it, we're just it, flamed it, up. It's like a gut punch to go out in the first round of the NCAA tournament. But, but when you take a, a step back and you look at it as a whole, like above, it was a huge success. When you compare it to the last five to six years of what we saw from Wisconsin hockey. Absolutely. I mean, it just hurts because we got Strobel well, on and Richter on yeah. Wednesdays. And you can feel the passion in there and how much they want to win and love the kids. And then to see the exit like that, it, it hurts. But you look back, you're like that was a successful, great season. I'm yes, not the biggest Wisconsin hockey fan where I follow it to a T like a lot of people, but for the first time, probably oof, in probably close to a decade, it's the first time that people have been buzzing about the program, about their winning. They're a one seed yeah. going into the tournament. They have a they have a player on their team that might win the Hobie Baker Award. Mm-hmm. There was all of this hype that you hadn't heard in forever. But what do we know about the Wisconsin basketball program? If you don't make the NCAA tournament, it's a disaster. Yeah, disaster. If you don't win a game in the NCAA tournament, it's a disaster. Mm-hmm. And especially when you have the expectations of being the number six team in the country coming into the season. You won a Big Ten title. You had different uh, metrics and analytics that said you would have won the national title had they played March Madness last year. There was a lot of high expectations. I don't know exactly where the Wisconsin hockey expectations were, but I don't think it was Big Ten champs, and I don't think it was one seed in the NCAA tournament. I think they were 
picked fourth or fifth. So in, middle of the, the road in the Big Ten? Yeah. Uh, Burnsy on Twitch says, for me, it's hockey. Yeah, the expectations weren't high at the beginning of the season. They quickly became high, though, once everyone realized how that team played together and how, you know, and then obviously throw on Cole Caulfield. So there's that. Uh, there's Burnsy. So how about this, man? Barry Alvarez set to retire. Uh, news broke over the weekend. The guy has done a lot, obviously, for Wisconsin sports. And you know it was a matter of time, right? I mean, Father Time remains undefeated. Uh, Barry Alvarez, you know, getting um, – hell, if I were him, that's probably a, probably a pretty stressful job, especially when you throw in the pandemic, you know, last year when there was uh, – first they weren't going to have sports or football, the moneymaker at all. And then they came back, and then there was like, well, okay, we're going to be taking pay cuts. And I would, I would imagine the retirement also has to do with, you know – not only of him getting older, but also of just the lack of money coming in. And I'm sure he makes a, I mean, I could look it up, a sizable chunk of change. So I don't think there's any, um, I think I think that correlates a little bit. Don't you think, Rowdy? Like, hey, let's save a little money. You're going to retire soon anyways. And he's really like, okay, you know, I'm not hurting or anything. I'm going to ride off the sunset as a guy that turned around Wisconsin Athletics, you know, winning the Rose Bulls as a coach, the Big Ten title as a coach, and then, what, becoming the uh, the full-time athletic director after Pat Richter in 2005 and oversaw, you know, what, 16 national titles, massive upgrades to the facilities in the last 30 years, and all of uh, the cash cow that now is the football program. So Barry Alvarez has done a lot of good, Rowdy, right, for uh, Wisconsin Athletics. I think we all can say that. Yeah, and – you know, there might have been a little bit to that, maybe saving some money, but I think overall it's just Time. a guy that's getting up there in age that's like, I want to be done. Yeah, what is he, 32 years with the school, including the last 17 with the athletic department? The question is, like, who, what's next? You know, like, what happens next for the, the University of Wisconsin? Is Chris McIntosh? Oh, I thought you were going to say for Barry. I was Barry, say, no, retire. That's probably a lot of golf. <laughs> a lot of golf, a lot of kicking back, you know, hanging with the grandkids. A lot, you know, some libations. Maybe we can meet him at the Badger Tavern, talk about, you know, I know he pops up there once in a while, talk about, you know, the trials and tribulations of being the athletic director. But let's see here, the, the story of uh, Barry Alvarez. 1990, the Notre Dame defensive coordinator and assistant head coach, Barry Alvarez, is hired by Pat Richter to become UW's 27th football coach, signs a four-year contract that calls for a starting uh, for a starting 11-month base salary of $110,000 annually. That's 1990. And then eventually, 1993, UW goes 10-1-1 with a Rose Bowl win against UCLA. Brent Moss becomes the Badgers' first Big Ten MVP since 1962 as under Alvarez. And then in 93 as well, Alvarez, excuse me, named Big Ten Coach of the Year and the Bobby Dodd Foundation National Coach of the Year. Uh, 1994, Pat Richter completes work on a contract that will lock up Alvarez for the duration of his coaching days. You know, getting a nice little contract, a nice little bump. 1996, Ron Dane comes to UW. You know, listen, we don't need to tell you more about Ron Dane. Then 1998, uh, let's see here. Uh, Barry Alvarez named the Big Ten Coach of the Year as the Badgers are co-champs of the conference and again defeat UCLA in the Rose Bowl. Uh, 1990, Alvarez gets his 66th win, making him the winningest football coach in UW history. You know, Badgers again in 99, finished at 10-2, and two, become the only Big Ten team to win back-to-back Rose Bowls as they take down Stanford. Ron Dane wins the Heisman. 
Uh, I mean, Rowdy, we can go on and on and on and on. 2000 Alvarez tells Ron Wolf he's not interested in pursuing the coaching vacancy with the Packers. Could you imagine if Barry Alvarez in 2000 takes up Ron Wolf and says, you know what, I will take that vacant coaching job for Green Bay and becomes the Packers head coach? Uh, we're not talking about Alvarez like he did uh, you know, with the Badgers today. But then eventually... But would Green Bay and Brett Favre have more Super Bowls? That's... Ooh. I mean, that's a good question. Because there what, would have been no Mike Sherman? Yeah, that's a good question, Rowdy. No Mike Sherman. You get the Don in there, Barry Alvarez. Man, interesting. Uh, and then eventually, you know, 2005, uh, Alvarez announces that 05 season will be his last, and Brett Bielema will be coming as, as the new 2006 coach. And then he shifts to athletic director, and Alvarez, you know, has Wisconsin. I mean, Pat Richter, what Pat, the, the foundation that Pat Richter laid was incredible. There's no, obviously, Wisconsin athletics that is this today. Uh, without Pat Richter and no, you know, Barry Alvarez, obviously, without Pat Richter. But, you know, Alvarez comes in and, wow, it just uh, flourishes with, you know, national championships. Was there 16 across all sports? Uh, the Don of Wisconsin athletics, Barry Alvarez, dude. I mean, a, a kind of a larger-than-life, you know, persona here. And I don't know if you knew this or not, but did you know that his grandson plays for the Wisconsin football team? Yeah, both of them. <laughs> one used to. Yeah. And one currently. One currently. Uh, absolutely incredible. Wow. So we'll talk more Alvarez coming up here when our guy RJ gets in because I know, uh, you know, he knows a lot about him and has been in, you know, the rooms with them and, you know, football because RJ was a football manager for, what, four or five years. We should get our guy Matt Bernstein on too. Every time Barry Alvarez is out and about, uh, like in the New York area or doing something like hoity-toity, there's, there's freaking our guy, the Hebrew hammer, Matt Bernstein, Rubbing elbows with uh, Barry Alvarez. I think it was uh, two years ago in New York. Uh, was it was it Bernie was out there in the same suite as Alvarez? I think that's when the, the Badgers were playing Richmond and who was the other team out there? New Me- was it New Mexico? Yeah, New Mexico. New Mexico. That was when they went zero and two. Yeah, Bernie was out there rubbing elbows with the Don. Go to our Twitter account at Zone Madison as we have a. Twitter poll going on right now. It's a very easy one. Wisconsin fans, which hurt more? The slow burn of the Badgers men's basketball season or the quick end of Badger men's hockey? Well, maybe it's not simple because it's tied right now at 50-50. So go get your vote on. All right, so seen a lot of success over the past, God, seemingly forever under the dawn of Wisconsin athletics. Barry Alvarez, over the weekend, it was announced that the AD, the face of Wisconsin sports, is going to be announcing his retirement soon, stepping down after 32 years at the school, including 17, leading the athletic department. So uh, let's see here, 1990, that's when it all begins, right, for uh, Barry Alvarez coming to Wisconsin, RJ, and Nelly? Yeah. And all of a sudden you see the turnaround of Wisconsin football. Uh, what going from one and ten his first year to then winning the program's first Rose Bowl in 1994, added two more Big Ten titles in 98 and 99, both followed by a Rose Bowl victory. What do we think of the the? We'll start we'll start simple. We'll start small with the first part of the dawn of uh, Wisconsin sports, his coaching prowess for the Badgers. As one of his, because uh, you were there with him, right? For. Two, three years? Three years, and then Bielema came in when you were foot manager on the football team? Yeah. So what was it like, uh, you know, in the same locker room with the Don? <laughs> well, coaches had their own locker room, but... Uh, when he came in <laughs> for his... <laughs> I mean, he at that point in time, everything was running like clockwork. So, I mean, uh, he was a coach who hired 
uh, position coaches and coordinators where he didn't have to meddle. Yeah. You know, he he was able to oversee everything. And, you know, uh, sometimes when you have a chairman coach like that where it allows him to walk the entire practice and, you know, get in position groups, it, it, it everybody... Would he come in and just command a room? Yeah. I mean, you still see him do that. But it's like everybody felt like he was their coach, you know, because he he would stop in at during practice and watch drills, not not stand from afar and stand at the 50 yard line and just rotate. Sure. He'd walk around and get in there and, you know, uh, being a defensive coordinator and a, a defensive coach. A couple of times you saw him get in there and you know, actually do coaching along with the philosophies that had said position coach yeah. was. And uh, so, I mean, he, I mean, he's he, well, the he, winningest football coach in Wisconsin history. Yeah, he, he, everybody felt like he was their coach, not just the head coach, but you know, you could go up to their coach, coach Alvarez and it's like, that's, that's my guy. And like, uh, I mean, he, he remembers everybody. Uh, it, it's crazy how you can have, rosters of 120 plus people and what was it like when uh, pat richter the face who built the play stepped down and named uh alvarez the uh replacement while he was continuing to you know be the football coach was everyone kind of like man i'm not sure what's going to happen here yeah it 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 was what we were kind of worried that it would hurt the the team in in general but i mean he also had some other people more focused on the athletic department uh, overall, uh, during those yeah. times, and well, then he, he was still uh, committed to being the football coach and then the athletic director. Well, then 2005, he announces it'll be his last season that Brett Bielema will become the new coach in 2006. So, 06, Alvarez retires from coaching and shifts solely to being, you know, UW's athletic director. And then, um, seeing a lot of, I mean, football is the cash cow now, dude. And then you have obviously the revamped and the, you know, everything getting redone and in this facelift. And then you have what, 16 national titles for all sports, you know, under his, you know, tenure. Uh, but what can, well, RJ, I mean, you got your pulse and everything, Wisconsin, out uh, of most of us here. What, what would you say is, uh, as athletic director of 17 years was like for Barry Alvarez? I mean, overall, he's done a pretty good job of, Elevating some programs and maintaining other ones. Yeah, uh, the one of like six of those sixteen though are a Pat Richter hire from. Uh, That's true. Yeah, from Pat Richter uh, still Johnson. Has, Pat Richter still got his fingerprints, thumbprints all yeah. over this. I mean, out of the twenty-three sports, ten of the coaches still coaching were Pat Richter hires. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thirteen are Alvarez hires, and uh, you know. A couple of uh, misses in there with the women's basketball program, but I believe we'll have a new he, coach now I, from yep, what, I, a lot of winning with UConn. Yeah, I believe he's he he's the one who hired Kelly Sheffield, um, who's doing very well with the women's uh, volleyball. Oh program my god, they're crushing! Yeah, taking it to a level even above what Pete Waite had it at, and it's not like Pete Waite was doing a bad job. Um, it just. I guess the athletic department felt like it was time for a move, and it apparently was the right move. Yeah, we love the weights um, around here. I know, uh, I know some of the sons are good, good, good people. Oh, absolutely, really good people. Um, but yeah, well, I here, mean, Mr. Miami says bring back baseball though on Twitch. <laughs> bring back baseball. I know our guy Jeff Block, who runs the Wisconsin uh, club baseball team, is all about it too. Yeah, uh, it, that's 
still one of those things. It's probably, what's the t- is it title nine? Is it what's the yeah, yeah. Title, uh, equal opportunity and you'll have to you'd have to add a women's, add a women's to a sports to get baseball. Sport. Yeah. So if you do that, um, I mean, you already have softball, so it's not like you're adding baseball softball together, yeah. which is a little bit of a problem. Uh, I think if you do add uh, the next sport, that's probably going to get added would be. Men's and women's lacrosse. Oh yeah, lacrosse. Uh, I mean, lacrosse is uh, huge. Yeah, all over the area. Uh, but G Dub says bring back boxing. <laughs> boxing was banned by the NCAA. Altogether. You know who's the Alabama uh, of you know Alabama to football? Wisconsin is the boxing. Wisconsin yeah. has like back, back in the day in the forties and was it the fifties? Yeah, it was Wisconsin, uh, the service academies, Washington State, uh, and Notre Dame were the big. Boxing schools, um, and Wisconsin well, boxing it, it, rules. Kinda, I've seen like a like a PT Cruiser or some kind of car driving around that's decaled out an all Wisconsin boxing. Um, I, I believe that car is out of commission now. I, I saw it like like two years ago or two oh, years really? ago. It was like decked out and everything was it was like a, the wrap of all Wisconsin boxing stuff. Like this oh. is pretty cool. Uh, we do have something here about Barry Alvarez that I I was like pumped when he did it. Uh, B Rail from our guy from Eau Claire says Barry coming down from the AD box. To coach that bowl game epitomized Barry Alvarez. Like, that was awesome. When he, he's like, well, I'm going to come down and coach then if we've got guys, you know, well, bailing on us. He, I mean, the players straight up asked him to. I, I, I thought that was a badass. Yeah, I don't, how do you think it was sweet him coming yeah, down? Yeah, it only would have been better if they would have won. <laughs> yeah, we forget about that part. The, the one thing I will say, I don't think he would have had he not been asked by the, the team to come coach. Yeah, it was just cool. I was like, all right, I'll come down from my box and go yeah. get her going. Uh, real quick before we hit break, I did not – our guy Eric, haven't heard from Eric in a minute. What's up, Eric? A long time at Brewers fan 53, and he just DMs me and says, did you know that Jake Ferguson is Barry Alvarez's grandson? I had, I had, did you uh-uh. guys know that? No, he's not. Roddy, did you know that? Come on. Heard it once. Right. What? <laughs> Next you're going to tell me uh, – what, Eric? What, Brad Davison probably played football too. Probably a quarterback in Minnesota. You think that's true? Maybe. I, I, I can see it. He, I can, he had I can a couple see it. of long passes on inbounds that went pretty far. <laughs> All right, so there you go. We got uh, you know, Barry Alvarez going to set to retire soon here. Uh, the formal announcement. I saw Wisconsin's got like a big Zoom meeting today uh, with a bunch of people speaking. I don't know. I, sh- I assume people are going to be asked. I don't know if Barry Alvarez is in it or not. But, yeah, there you go. Barry Alvarez hanging it up pretty soon here as athletic director. What a run. As the uh, the face of Wisconsin athletics, yeah. and depending on where you're talking, there's somebody who's groomed to be the next one, and Chris McIntosh, and apparently the chancellor is looking to do a nationwide search to to have an outside voice come in. So we'll see what happens. Speaking of parking spots, something we can't do coming up here is tailgate at Amfam Field, but something that we can do is watch. Brewers baseball, 162 games to get underway, and it's back. We're, I mean, we, we can watch the bad taste out of our mouth from last year of 60 games. It's back, Rowdy. Thursday's the day. Yeah, How Thursday up opening day. Just two more spring training games left for the Milwaukee Brewers. Tomorrow's going to be televised. That's the last uh, spring training game televised. Yeah, I don't think any more on the radio. Um yeah, I think they're all blacked out of the radio until, like, you know, opening day on Thursday. So the Twinkies come into town to take on the Brewers Thursday, then they have Friday off, then uh, Saturday, Sunday. Rowdy. I believe starters are already announced. Obviously, Brewers are going with Brandon Woodruff. Yep. And I believe the Twins are going with Maeda. Okay, ooh, Maeda. That's a nice little matchup. But here's this, and I want to talk Brewers as they got to whittle down their roster, obviously. 
This one was a little surprising to me. Um, I like it just because when you look at this guy, he looks like he's a Wisconsinite. He looks like a guy who likes to put down some brewskis, put down some brats, some burgers, and has a good time, you know, maybe throw the pigskin around a little bit in the, the parking lot if we were tailgating. But how about the barrel man? Daniel Vogelbach will be on the opening day roster for the Milwaukee Brewers. Council told reporters yesterday that he is a valuable piece, even though there is no universal DH and he's not going to be in the lineup every day. But Council says it's the bat. We're going to try to take advantage of this big bat off the bench as Vogelbach is going to be a a pinch hitter, Rowdy. What do you think of the move? He was out of options, right? Yeah, I was I was kind of surprised by it, honestly. I- this just shows that the Brewers like his bat, right? Yeah. He's a big left-handed power bat. Was extensively used for the most part in his career as a DH. Well, that's now taken away. It's gone. Limited time at first base, but then same could be said about Keston here at first base. Not a whole lot of experience over there for the Milwaukee Brewers. So you thought, obviously, the nod would be to the younger prospect, the up-and-comer in Keston here, than the Daniel Vogelbach, but... So hey, he made the roster. Obviously, he's going to be they like it. They the, like his bat. The power bat off the bench and occasionally spare uh, here at times at first base. I mean, just if I'm you look at Vogelbach, that way. if you look at Vogelbach though, doesn't he scream? He looks. He just looks like a first baseman. Like if you look at him, like yeah, this guy could probably play first base. Like he's just a big boy. Well, with that body type, it, yeah, he's just a big boy. Where else are you gonna put him? There's not a whole lot of other places he'd profile. To. No. So looking at him, uh, Vogelbach spent you know his entire career in the AL before being acquired by the Brewers. You know last season, uh, of his 217 career games, 127 of those been spent as the DH. Uh, 16 starts with the Crew though. Once he came over to the NL. Uh, while also playing two games at first base. So Keston Hero is going to be your everyday first baseman, and there is no universal DH. So Vogelbach's role is going to, is going to be pretty specific. He's coming off the bench to be a pinch hitter. Uh, I have comments here uh, from Craig Council. So here is Gregory on uh, Daniel Vogelbach. He's going to be a pinch hitter. I mean, that's that's what his main job is going to be. There'll, there'll be some first base in there. But Keston's the first baseman, so it's going to be trying to get him a big at bat every night. I mean, we think he's well suited for it. I think he can be impactful doing it and putting me in a big spot in the game and, and having the, having a big at bat. Okay, well, there's the man himself. Vogelbach batted three twenty eight with four home runs and twelve RBIs in nineteen games for Milwaukee last season. Very small sample size, but he did well in those games. I mean, he was a bright spot at the end of the season, which was not many bright spots, right, Rowdy? Yeah, and I mean, can he keep it up you, though? When you look at what he has done, pretty much over his career, what he's averaged, he's like a two twenty hitter. Yeah, that's what he's basically been his whole career. He's a guy that could slug depending on how much he played, but in a full season playing every day, twenty five, thirty home runs. He's going to be a guy that if he played every day again, he'd have sixty five RBIs. He's going to be he's a swing or miss type guy. He's not going to hit for average. <laughs> he's either going to hit the ball a mile or he's probably going to strike out. Yeah, I mean, Vogelbach, uh, let's see here. In spring training, he's uh, this was from a couple days ago, he batted 259 home run, five RBIs, and 875 OPS, three strikeouts, six walks, and 30 plate appearances. Um, since breaking in, blah, 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 blah. All right, Vogelbach has appeared in 244 games, but only 90 of those have come at first base, where he's made 77 starts. And as a pinch hitter, He's not the greatest. As a career pinch hitter, uh, 194, 6 for 34 with a home run and 10 RBIs in pinch hitting situations, including 1 for 3 with 2 strikeouts in 2020. 
I'm honestly surprised that they kept him, but I think one of the reasons why they were able to keep him was because of all of the players that are going to start the season on the IL for the Brewers. Because there yeah, was a lot, lot of guys. Of, there were a lot of guys that you would think were either going to make the roster or be in contention of making the roster, but they come up with injuries. Yeah. So all of a sudden, those guys that might have been fringe roster guys now have or I guess not them, but the Brewers themselves now have a few weeks to figure out what they're going to do because it, this basically bought them some time. It did. It did. Be- um, yeah. Well, you look at Justin Topo went out, left uh, one of the games this weekend with elbow tightness. He went on the IL. That's a guy that probably would have made the roster in the in the pitching uh, bullpen. Yeah. yeah. You had Bobby Wall, also an oblique. He's a guy that the Brewers have been waiting on now. This would be the third year where he's come up with injuries and hasn't really pitched a whole lot since. That's a guy that's going to be starting on the IL. Derek Fisher, who was the outfield. Not, not the, the Laker. Player. Not the Laker and the coach now. Outfielder that they traded for. Man, what was that? Right before they signed Jackie Bradley Jr., where they gave up uh, some cash and low-level prospects to yeah. acquire. He was brought in to potentially be the fourth or fifth outfielder. Well, then they signed Jackie Bradley Jr., so now you got four solid outfielders that you're paying a ton of money. And it was between like uh, Fisher, Tyrone Taylor, and was it uh, McKinley? Yeah, McKinley. McKinney. Yeah, yeah, McKinney. There you go. Those guys were kind of in contention. Well, now it looks like with Fisher being uh, put on the IL, Taylor having options left, McKinney is a guy that doesn't have options. It looks like he might have been saved by David Stearns because of the injury where now they could make him the fifth outfielder. But that just basically means the Brewers are going to have another decision to make. Not now, but two weeks later. Opening day, Thursday. Craig Council is talking here about the sticks coming back for the Brewers in a big way. Here is more from Council. He feels really good where the offense is right now. I would say I'd feel the same way. I don't spring hasn't changed that. I, I think it's a mistake to jump too far into what's happened in the spring. Guys have 40 plate appearances. Through the course of the season, we're going to have to be far more patient than 40 plate appearances uh, as of riding guys out through success and struggles. So I, I think we're in a good place. Uh, they're definitely in a good place because if you're watching the Brewers or listening here on the zone for the Brewers, they have sticks are just crushing. Uh, here's more from Council real quick about how they'll score more runs this year, but he's not gonna he's not gonna predict how it's gonna happen. I'm not gonna make contact predictions anymore. I'm apparently not I'm not good at that one. So I will. Uh, I, I think we're gonna score more runs. You know that that's what I that's what I think. Yeah. Uh, how we do it, I'm not gonna pick. I'm not gonna get picky on how we do it. Okay, so well, I thought he'd be a little well, more here's, confident. Here's how it's going to go. <laughs> here's how it's actually going to go. And he knows this. Yes, you're going to imagine they score more runs than last year since they were a bottom, what was it, five or six Ooh, team they were bad. in Major League Baseball when it came to scoring runs. They were bad. So, yeah, it's, it can only be better, especially with some of these guys having bounce backs. They're only going to play better and score more runs. And how are you going to do it? I don't know, but I think you can look at spring training a little bit. Yes. They're averaging two home runs a game in spring training so far this year. It's going to be clubbing home runs. Here's how they're going to do it. The pitcher's going to pitch the ball, Rowdy, and the batter up there is going to take his bat and he's going to swing it and they're going to make contact. That's how they're going to do it. But, yes, they are crushing the ball out of the park. What did you say they're averaging two home runs a game? In spring training so far, they're averaging about two home runs a game. Love it, dude. Look at the guys that uh, make up the roster. You just kept – 
Daniel Vogelbach, who, Big by stick. the way, is going to be like an all-time pitch hitter. It was like the teacher you had out at recess that was all-time quarterback. That's all the guy's <laughs> ever going to do is pinch hit. Yeah, he'll occasionally spare uh, Hira yeah. at first base. But he's a guy that's going to be looking to hit home runs. For sure. Keston here is a guy that just over the weekend hit a monster bomb. Smashing. He's going to be expected to hit home runs. We all know what Christian Yelich can do. Turn the page on 2020. Christian Yelich looks like the old Christian Yelich from 2019, 2018 in this month of of uh, of spring training baseball so yeah. far. Then you have guys like... Avisel Garcia, that's been swinging the bat well, and he had a down year last year in 2020. Like all these guys, Omar Nervaez is a hitting catcher that's going to hit home runs. We know what the Brewers, the equation for them to score yeah, runs is hit the damn ball and hit it far. They, got the, they long, got the players and the pieces to do it. How long have you been watching the Milwaukee Brewer baseball? The Like my whole life? Yeah, 20 plus years. What have the Brewers always been pretty much big into since they moved to Miller Park? Hitting smashing, home runs. Smashing balls on Hit, the park. Hitting home runs and hoping they have enough pitching. <laughs> yeah, but now you got the pitching, right? I mean, on theory, in theory, you have... Yeah, now, you have, now you definitely have a good bullpen once again this year, and you're going to have at least two solid starters that are going to be pretty good as long as they stay healthy, and then you're going to have guys that can hit the home run. Yeah, so last year, Rowdy... Wow, Milwaukee finished near the bottom of almost every statistical category except for strikeouts. The Brewers led the NL with 583. As Rowdy said it, Bob Seeger said it, and now James Hetfield and Metallica saying it, it's time to turn the page from last year. As the sticks are there for the crew, the arms are there for the crew, the defense, the fielding is there for the crew. We, the biggest question is, can the sticks come around? They have the pieces to do it. I mean, Colton Wong has been mashing as leadoff. You know, you got they kept Vogelbach. Like you said, Rowdy's going to be the, the, the pinch hitter. Brewers still made the playoffs last year despite how piss poor their offense was. Now, I know they're below 500, and they snuck in. They still got there. Well, they were on pace to win about 78 games that year. But if spring training is any indication, Brewers are going to be mashing coming up here. It's time to turn the page, baby. Brewers sticks. That offense, man. Only place it can go is up. I don't think they can get worse. Can they, Rowdy? Can they get worse from last year? Last no, year was they bad. really can't. They can only go up. And the expectation Especially with is, the roster they've put together. Yeah. They can't to mash. be worse. No, they can't. And if they are, they're going to be in some trouble. But I don't foresee that happening. I see the Brewers and those sticks really lighting it up. I mean, spring training, it's not a grain of salt. You know, some guys, a lot of pitchers are still trying to find their arms and whatnot. But still, when you look at the Brewers mashing, like, look at how they, uh, you mean to tell me, like, Clayton Kershaw, uh, Walker Bueller, Trevor Bauer, for example, those three names that they're still trying to find their arms. I know they're, like, you know, trying to work their way into the start of the season. But if you're, if you're that kind of name rowdy, do you just lose your stuff when it's spring? I'm pretty sure those guys are still pretty good in spring training, right? Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, Trevor Bauer. Once you think they're still pretty, pretty damn good, even though in, it's uh, spring training. Yeah, they're still going to be better pitchers in the league. And who's the who are the sticks that totally lit those dudes up? Wouldn't that be the Brewers? Yeah, the Brewers got to all of them, like in a big way, just dominating the likes of Kershaw, Bauer, Bueller, you name it. So Wisconsin, or Wisconsin, uh, the Brewers last season, <laughs> oof, yikes! Bottom finished near the bottom of almost every stat. 
when it comes to offense, except for strikeouts where they led the Nash. You don't want to lead in strikeouts. They led the NL with 583. So, Nelly, the thing that's concerning um, is, will the bats come back and also some of the guys starting uh, injured for the season, right? So Vogelbach is going to be making the roster. He is going to be a pinch hitter, as Craig Council said. But the one that I'm questioning about, what's up with um, what's up with Lorenzo Kane? Kane, who was proclaiming he's going to be ready for opening day, definitely is not going to be ready for opening day. I mean, hell, they just signed Jackie Bradley Jr. a couple weeks ago. He's like the younger, better version of Kane, obviously. Uh, Council talks about here the addition of Jackie Bradley Jr. and Lorenzo Kane. Uh, let's see here. Doesn't want to give Kane and Bradley Jr. too much as they come back from injuries. Most importantly, it's kind of the long haul too here. So we can, I think we can do this right with them being active and, and contributing um, and, and getting them to a really good place as as we get started the first couple of weeks of the season. He also talks more about uh, Lorenzo Kane being careful with him early in the season. I think I think in Lorenzo's case, we're going to have to be careful early in the season. You know, just just because of a leg injury not playing last year, some of the weather, weather we may face. So we will be careful with Lorenzo specifically, I think, early in the season. So, I mean, that I mean, we already knew this, right, that Jackie Bradley Jr. is going to be starting uh, in center field. Well, there. I think you could figure it. You could figure that out when all of a sudden you saw that, hey, Lorenzo Cain's supposed to play on Sunday, and then all of a sudden it was Sunday and he didn't play. And then it was like, oh, we're going to trot him out probably by – that next weekend, and then he didn't trot out that next yeah. weekend, and then it was like, oh, but he's going to appear on Monday, and then, and then he, he finally yeah. appeared on Monday, but it was about oof, probably a week and a half later than what they anticipated, and all reports from people out around the club, not necessarily the biggest beat writers, but people that were in Arizona or people that hang around Arizona that are lesser known, they were all saying the same thing. They were all saying... He just doesn't look ready to go. He he looks like he is an aging player that hasn't played in a year, and he still has to get his legs under him, and this could take a while. Not just the flip the switch and he's going to be ready yeah. to go in three weeks. And how often, and you brought this up before, how often do you see a guy who sat out a whole year come back and is just mashing? It's, it's rare if it does happen. Um, but right here, the sticks are looking good. Obviously, Kane's a question, but that's why they have Jackie Bradley Jr., and there's a lot of money in that uh, outfield. And Jackie Bradley Jr. is is he's a Gold Glover, you know he's got a consistent stick. Uh, they added Colton Wong. Colton Wong has been crushing it as a leadoff batter. Uh, he's got three leadoff home runs in spring training, and I'm looking here that Omar Narvaez apparently has turned the page on a terrible 2020 campaign. Uh, he's batting 311 with three homers, six RBIs. Uh, and a 1.098 OPS in 13 games. That's nice to see for Nervaez, who, they, I mean, what's the reason why they brought in Nervaez, Rowdy? Wasn't it to be a hitting catcher? Yeah, that was the reason why they brought him in. And he didn't hit. Because the Brewers have been looking for a really good catcher since they left, or since um, moving on from, oh my God, I'm blanking Luke on Roy? the name. Not Luke Roy. Uh, Grandal. Yeah. Since, Grandal. since moving on from Grandal, Obviously, God, I forgot about him too. Shame on me. They have been looking for a good catcher. Now, Grandal brought kind of both sides of the the coin, right? He was a guy that could hit. He was a guy that could hit for power, decent average at the catcher position, and was a good framer of the pitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, before that, you like you said, you'd have to go back to Lucroy for the last 
all-around catcher that the Luke, Brewers had. Luke. But then outside of that, it, it gets pretty thin. Now, the Brewers already knew that they had a guy like uh, Manny Pena, who is great defensively. Manny Pena defensively Manny Pena. is top-notch. Like that rules. Watching him throw batters out, he's got an incredible arm, and he, he plays extremely good defense. Yeah, he can gun it. But he is a streaky hitter at best. Yeah. And they needed that compliment. Big locker room guy, Manny Pena. Yeah, and they need they knew they needed the compliment that would be his stick. And that was Omar Nervaez, who by all analytics and Oof. statistics tested out as one of the betting better hitting catchers in what was it two thousand and nineteen? Was he the worst defensive but he was on the flip side the worst defensive catcher <laughs> graded out. So they thought that, you know, pairing those two together would make a solid catcher because they didn't have one good catcher from both sides. We can rebuild him. Put and them two together. Last season, this is what happens at the catcher position. Ooh. You have Manny Pena, who wasn't hitting the ball but playing good defense. You had Omar Narvaez, who wasn't hitting the ball and still wasn't that great defensively. Yeah. And then you had Manny Pena getting hurt. Yeah. Where he's was he, he sprained his MCL and yeah. his uh was it his meniscus? But now he's doing good. Pena back at it. So what you thought was going to be a defensive catcher and a great hitting catcher combined to be a terrible hitting catcher and a catcher that got hurt. <laughs> You're like, damn it, dude. What's happening here? So it can't get any worse. It really can't. And then, I mean, speaking of worse, I mean, you look at Christian Yelich's campaign. Uh, Yelly was just abysmal, but poised to return to the MVP form, obviously. He's batting 400 with three homers, t- 10 RBIs, and a 1.402 OPS in 12 appearances in spring training. That's crushing it. And Christian Yelich was, in my opinion, a two-time MVP. He won it in yes. 18. He should have won it in 2019. He got robbed. If he didn't break his kneecap, he he would have won it. Now, do yep. you expect... Christian Yelich to come back and be 2018, 2019 Christian Yelich? No, not exactly, but it's not that he can't be there. But you expect him to be an all-star. You expect him to he better, be yes, yes. an all-star. Look at look at the extension that he signed. Look at his career and, and his upswing going into breaking his kneecap. You Maybe you're not expecting him to be a front-runner for MVP, but you're expecting a perennial all-star. You totally are. I mean, that's that's who he is. That's why you gave him the money. That's why you signed him. And then you got uh, Colton Wong, who's doing really good right now. We talked briefly about it. And he's doing great in spring training. He's got and those leadoff home runs. He's, he's going doing to great. sure up the defense at second base. Great that, defense. Uh, a position that was now vacated by Keston Hero, who was a liability so on defense. So that's the question, right, is Keston Hero. Because, my God, what's the problem with Keston Hero, right? It's the strikeout well, rate and his defense. But he moved him to first base. So you think the errors will cut down on him there, but the question is the striking out, right? With yeah, but, Hira. but with uh, with Wong, though, not only is he going to shore up the defense, he provides now a leadoff hitter. Mm-hmm. The Brewers really haven't had a leadoff hitter for a while. Now, the last time you could say uh, a guy in the leadoff spot was pretty good for the Brewers was 2018 when Kane had his, his good season, and I think it's you could easily make an argument that Lorenzo Kane was never really a leadoff hitter ever in his career, but he did play quite well in that 2018 season. Yeah. Now they have a, a legit leadoff hitter and he upgrades the defense. And speaking of Lorenzo Kane, we talked about him and Bradley jr. A little bit, but even if Kane comes back and struggles hitting like he did in 2019, you now have two guys that are gold glovers that can play out there and at least are going to sure up the defense in the outfield because not only did that outfield struggle at, swinging the bat last year 
it was much worse defensively. Yes. Where you had Abisel Garcia playing center field. You had Christian Yelich have one of his worst career years, not only with the stick, like we've talked about, but also defensively. Yeah. Which was a lot of weird. The Brewers, basically what we're saying is the Brewers didn't score a lot of runs last <laughs> no, year. No, they didn't. They didn't. And they also didn't play very well in the field. They struck out an NL leading 500 whatever times. There's going to rebirth coming up here like a phoenix from the ashes. Brewers are going to be riding high. I went in that NL Central. I can feel it. Opening day is going to be on Thursday, baby. Everything that could have went wrong for the Brewers last year went pretty much went wrong. Only way to go is up. Like I said, a phoenix from the ashes. It's going to be beautiful.